marketing is driven by mindset, you know? And so when I do consult for corporates and we design SME programs, small to medium enterprise programs, I like to start with mindset. You're listening to the Marketing Millennials Podcast. I'm Emily Ferguson. And I'm Daniel Murray. Get ready because we're taking you on a journey with today's marketing leaders and tomorrow's top stars. Let's go! No BS, just a fun, unfiltered industry conversation with the game changers behind some of the coolest companies from around the globe. The one request we tell our guests. Stories or didn't happen. A big welcome to our marketing fam. Prepare to turn them Welcome back to another episode of the Marketing Millennials. Today, I'm joined with Labo Lion, the voice of marketing in South Africa. She helps accelerate growth for African businesses with marketing and digital tools. She is also a podcast host, a social media strategist, and a personal branding expert. I'm pleased to welcome Labo Lion to the show. Yeah, so I want to go into like, how did you even get into marketing? Like, how did you even get started in this this field? So I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. And, you know, school holidays for us were literally like working in the family businesses. So it allowed me to figure out what I was good at in business, you know. And when I started, I didn't actually understand what it was. I didn't know what it was called. But the older I got and the more I read books and that kind of thing, I realized that the thing that I'm the best at when it comes to, you know, adding value to the family businesses is actually the marketing part of it and the sales part of it, you know. So when I realized what it was, I decided to change my degree from accounting sciences to a BCom marketing degree. My parents weren't very happy with that, but it just felt like the right thing for me to do. And after Varsity, I started a tech company uh, with two of my friends and I was the CMO for the company. So I basically designed all of our marketing strategies. And at the time when we started the tech company, it wasn't a real, a really big thing in South Africa. You know, it wasn't a huge thing for people to just start tech companies, especially young people. So we had to design a lot of the marketing strategies and the comms, everything. We had to kind of start it from scratch because it didn't really exist, you know? And that's where I saw that I was really good at this thing. And it wasn't just because I wasn't family businesses that aided my success, you know? That's where I could see that I really was good at this thing. And so I tapped into it and doubled down on the things that I really cared about. And so the natural progression from the tech company was going to digital marketing, you know? Because I believe that marketing needs tech it needs to be driven by tech for it to be relevant in this day and age that we're living in and so yeah that's the long way to answer your question but that's when I realized that I'm good at marketing that I love it and that I want to pursue it as a career that's amazing and I I think like I want to get into a little bit of like like kind of you you kind of spearheaded this in South Africa which is kind of cool because South Africa is sometimes behind when it comes to the <laughs> the, the technology and the the newer yep. newer newer things so for anybody who's starting like how did you come up with like the marketing plan for like a new market that has never been tapped in in South Africa and how did you like start thinking about all these little factors to start you know um there was a tweet that I posted and then you also posted it on your LinkedIn group and 
there were a, a lot of comments there. People didn't actually like the tweet because they just felt like, but this is just too general. And I think the tweet said, great marketers are great minds or something along those lines. And I really believe that because for me, I didn't learn marketing from my textbooks. Sure, I, I studied the degree, but honestly, I feel like I was sleeping through it because it was really boring, you know? So for me, everything I've done in market has been from just reading and it's been from experiencing things. You know, I always say to people, if you want to be a good marketer, experience things, travel, go to parties, just experience as much as you can, get to know people and harness your thoughts, you know, make them something that's unique to you. And I feel like great marketers do that. And so for me, the strategies were basically based on how I'd like to see things happening in our country and in our business. And, and I think that's what marketing strategies are at the core of them. It's about how you see things working and how you can strategically make them efficient and effective uh, to achieve organizational objectives or whatever you want to, you want to achieve. So yeah, I, I don't have a set plan on how I did it, but I know that it came from me having a lot of experience in different things and using all of that to make my tech company work and to make my ideas work in the marketing sense. That's an underrated thing, I think, because I think what people don't understand is like, inspiration comes from a lot of different places it doesn't only come from like just marketing like people think like if you just learn marketing you'll learn be better at marketing but like like some of the best marketers get inspiration from other industries conversations with people like history books where they studied like the like the mongols or whatever like like there's little things that are there that are like inspire them to do their marketing thing and they just connect dots and that's how yes. they, they come up with something new so it's like i i totally agree with that statement where like experiencing different things and seeing how different people do things really at the end of the day why i think it works and i think you you nailed it is is because it comes down to like understanding how people work like all these things are like all these all these things are how people work and like parties you see people interacting in their own environment like traveling you're going to see how different cultures work but at the end of the day Mm. like you could see different things that's interesting how you you i i totally agree with that statement i want to go into like when you like talking to these these startups or like these entrepreneurs you're advising, like where do you start with like a marketing plan? Like where do you start with like getting them off the ground to like even think about like starting their strategy? I'm probably one of the most irritating marketers for a lot of people because I really believe that driven by mindset, you know? And so when I do consult for corporates and we design SME programs, small to medium enterprise programs, I like to start with mindset because on this continent, the African continent, especially in South Africa, there's a real stereotype that marketing doesn't matter in your business, you know? And that's why I'm always tweeting about how it matters and I'm always defining it because here people really believe that a successful business has very little to do with marketing and everything to do with finance and logistics and everything else you know so 
I have to stop my programs with changing how people think about marketing by making them understand the value that it brings to their businesses. That's the first step, you know? And I think anyone who's listening to this podcast who is a marketer knows already the value that marketing brings to all businesses and how it really is the cornerstone of innovation, of iteration, of invention, of anything that really drives a business, marketing is responsible for that. That's my belief. And that's my experience so far that I've seen in small businesses and big businesses. And then when we start devising the marketing plan, I love to lead with digital digital channels. And the reason why I do this is because a lot of small businesses, especially in South Africa and on the African continent, don't have budget for even one marketing consultant or, you know, one marketing person in their team because they under, undermine and undervalue the role and because they really don't have the funds, right? So I feel like if you are cash strapped, the best way to start with your marketing journey is digitally because the channels are practically free. You get to access the global market. You know, there's so many opportunities and um, wonderful things about using the online space and using digital tools and channels that uh, entrepreneurs can really tap into and make and put into their businesses to help their businesses work. So that's kind of where we start. We start with the mindset and then we start with the digital channels. I don't like to go on too much about traditional marketing because people just don't understand how it truly works. You know, I've had workshops where we've had like a 10 day workshop, you know, in in the bush or whatever, a company pays for us and we go away and I train people for 10 days, but they don't get it because for them, it's deeply entrenched inside of them that marketing is advertising and they can't get out of that mindset, you know? So um, when we start with the digital tools and we show them, this is how you get more followers and this is how you make your followers customers. It allows them to value it more than they do just traditional marketing because they don't have the patience and I guess the, the 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 respect for marketing to see it through, to see the, the results coming. So I love to push the digital channels first and the mindset first. I hope that answered your question. No, I like that because I think that yeah. people and even I think in the US, I think like there's a lot of like leaders, like CEOs that don't get marketing as well. And then they think of marketing as more of a support function for the business, not like that it's every touch point of the business. So it's kind of funny to think about it, but it's like, they like the pro I think a lot of the problem with marketing too, is like a lot of things are happening, like that people can't see like that are, that are <laughs> so, like, in South Africa, for example, like you could see McDonald's all the way and people know what McDonald's is, right? Like, and mm. and that's a brand name, but they don't understand that that a lot of that is because McDonald's are marketing in that country. And exactly. Yeah. Like, it's like people are, don't get that, like Coca-Cola is like on all, like in all these these shops around the the, 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 the country and people are selling them and they're talking about Coca-Cola. It's like, it's, it's just interesting to me. Cause I think like it, it, it happens, I think all over the world. I think probably South Africa is probably like a, a late adopter to like the early adopters in the U S but mm -hmm. I still think like we're in this like chasm of like, where like people are finally starting to see that you actually need marketing because co competition's becoming easier because of the internet like competition is becoming not easier. I mean, competition is becoming more and more 
aggressive. Yeah, aggressive. So like now, like before you can compete just on like in South Africa, I know this for a fact, like is based on like who you know, like is how you grew your business. <laughs> like it's not it, it really is. Uh, my mom did yeah, that too. Did. Like she grew her business by who she knew. She did marketing too, but it wasn't like as strong as like what we call marketing today. It was more the building relationships, which I still think is important. But if she did the, all the other stuff that is now today, like all the digital stuff you're talking about, I think you can grow a business way faster. And like you said before, the limited resources, like it's so easy to get a, a Twitter account and start tweeting um, mm -hmm. out to the masses and it's organic and you can start getting reach and you just have to turn it on. You just have to be different. And that's what people don't get. I mean, uh, you know, South Africa is a very peculiar landscape because of all the different cultures that exist. And then the way that those cultures communicate the influence that marketing has had on them. So I know, for example, in uh, poorer Black communities, people don't call products what they are. They call them based on the most popular brand of that product. So we don't call a uh, cold drink or fizzy drinks, fizzy drinks. We call them Coke. So everything is Coke. <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite crazy. But if you go into townships, you hear people speaking like that. They don't say Colgate toothpaste or Aquafresh. They'll say everything is Colgate. All toothpastes are Colgate. So if you say, pass me Colgate, you know, someone is asking you to pass them a, to a toothpaste, you know. So it's quite crazy how uh, marketing has influenced so many people in our country and how it's influenced different communities and different income groups in different ways. But people just aren't aware of how much marketing drives their perception their consumer decisions, their perceptions of the world and how they communicate things to other people. It's quite crazy. And I think you made such a good point there. It's like, it's figure out how to make marketing translate for those different audiences. Like, I think like what you said in the townships, like it seems like you have to own a word in their mind. Like, so mm. they, you own... They Coke is like, and it actually some places in America, like in the South in America, I think, yeah, in the South, like they'll say, could I have a Coke? And it could mean, just means Coke products. It doesn't mean like Coke. It means like yeah. all the Coke products. So it's like, it's funny how like, and that's why people don't get like, a lot of people just don't know how to market to these different types of people. Cause like, if you said to someone like, oh, cold drink or like like get a fr fresh cold drink here or say like get a coke or whatever like whatever you, the cold drink might not translate as the coke language would or something like that so you had to speak like the how that that community speaks otherwise you're never gonna otherwise you look like a fraud and i think that's a lot of time mistaken marketing where where people like don't translate what they're saying to like the language they the, the people speak there in the community because mm. they don't spend time in that community mm. but i want to get into more things about what you you you're doing like how do you like help like what are some of the, like the the couple of channels that you tell these like small businesses to start looking at and like how do you devise like how do they start messaging out to their community and also i'm interested in this is a follow-up question, but I'm interested in like, what are like some like proof points you show to like change the mindset 
that marketing actually matters? Like, what are some things that you've done to like change the mindset of what marketing, that telling these businesses that marketing actually matters? So when it comes to teaching people about which channels to use, I always, we, we start with firstly, who's your customer? Are you a B2C business or a B2B business? You know, cause I think a lot of people just think you just, you pick a social media channel, you get followers and boom, you know, Bob's your uncle. And so we're mm-hmm. like, actually, no, there's a strategy behind this. And it starts with who are you serving? Because you have to go on the platforms that they're on, you know, it's easier to go to them than it is to make them come to you. And so we start with that. Are you a B2B or a B2C? Then once we've identified that, I always say to entrepreneurs or small businesses, pick the social media channel that you're the most comfortable with in this um, mix of B2B or B2C, you know, whatever we've decided, pick the social media platform that you're the most comfortable with because you're more likely to use that one frequently than you are to use the others, you know? And then I also, it's funny because every time I'm training uh, small businesses, I tell them my story, you know, Lebo Line is not my name, but it is my brand name. And I grew this name to prove a point i grew this brand to prove a point because when i started with my podcast three or four years ago and i started with this name label lion i was really frustrated about the fact that this market really doesn't understand the power of marketing but they're using it and experiencing it every single day you know and i was struggling to pitch to clients i was struggling to pitch the idea that they need to integrate technology into their strategies, into their marketing strategies. And I was struggling to get them to see that they need to have more intensive and considered strategies in everything that they do that's marketing related, you know? So I was like, I'm going to show these people that what I'm telling them works actually does by building my own brand online and, you know, using the principles that I teach, you know? So the Level Lion brand in South Africa has actually become bigger than what I thought it would be. It's gotten big companies, big corporations to call me and say, okay, actually, maybe you were right. Come and teach us, you know. But when you sit and you show them, they're still a bit hesitant and they're like, oh, you know, this is still a bit too, it's a bit too much for us, you know. So uh, from a mindset perspective in South Africa and on the African continent, it's still you know, we've, we've still got a very, 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 very long way to go. And, and I think from my side with my team, we're always finding new and innovative ways to work on the mindset element of it, because that's really what's lacking. You know, I think once people change their mindsets, they're more open to the marketing, you know, conversations we have with them and the strategies and ideas that we pitch. Uh, And so from a mindset perspective, it really is for me about forming relationships with people because you can't change someone's mindset by giving them the right information. You have to have a relationship with them, build trust and make it an easier environment for you to have ongoing conversations with that person or those people and get them to open up to what you have to say and what you have to be about, you know, and the more people like you and the more people trust you, the more open they are to being about what you're about. And then eventually they start to think the way that you'd like them to think for you to achieve your objective. So it is a long term process. It's an ongoing, you know, process. And even for me building Nebo Lion, I'm literally 
only starting to get that kind of mileage on Instagram, for example, where people are DMing me and saying, oh my gosh, we didn't even know that this was marketed in our organization. Do you have a course that I can take? Do you have a masterclass that I can participate in? Do you have a book? You know, people are starting to ask me to create products. And before I had products and nobody wanted to buy them, you know, so I saw the value of building communities. And that's literally, I preach that every single day. In any masterclass, any SME workshop, whatever we do, I always say, build a community because your community is literally the cornerstone of your business. If you have a community, you can sell anything, you can be anyone and you can do what you'd like to do. It's the most freeing thing you can do for yourself, but it's also the most labor intensive. It takes a lot of work and you have to be fully invested. But yeah, that's that's kind of how I've gone about it. Yeah, and I, I think it, it's so interesting because like I feel like what you're starting in South Africa is like there's going to be a whatever brands start adopting this are going to have a competitive advantage over mm. so many other brands like because I think like just remembering from being in South Africa like the big names are what are like you don't really hear about little names because they're not trying to mm. build the brands of like these big names out there like you only know about like like Vodacom or like the Ogilvy. banks. Yeah. Yeah. Like or all the banks in, in South yeah. Africa. You don't, or Woolworths, or you don't know about these smaller like brands unless you like have a friend who uses that place. Yes. What's cool about that, like would, when they, when people in South Africa start understanding it, or like even in the US, like they don't understand that like you could take that like relationship building, but just take it at scale. Like you, you can have more people mm-hmm. talking to that person. Those conversations that are happening at the dinner table or when they're at a rugby game or whatever are going to be conversations that are happening more and more because you're, you're gaining more and more attention of more and more people. So they'll start talking mm. about you. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Dan, I mean, should I call you Daniel or Dan? Which one do you prefer? <laughs> I'm cool with both. They, they both okay. work. Okay. Well, the funniest thing, I, I attended an event this weekend and it had a lot of marketing brand managers, you know, that kind of thing. And it was just a social event. And a lot of them came up to me and they just started chatting to me and they were like, oh my gosh, are you level line? And I'm like, yeah, I am, you know, but I mean, to me, it's not a big thing because I'm just like, I don't expect you to really know me, which is weird, but I just don't. And they were like, actually, we have different societies that are writing papers about you because of the different work you've done and the different uh, brand partnerships you've had that have actually made a difference in our industry, you know, uh, even when we talk about podcasting, uh, the Nest Cafe partnership that I had was apparently a really big deal. I didn't even know this, you know, but the point that I'm making is at 30,000 followers on Twitter, I'm already starting to be put into curriculums in schools. And that's crazy to me, you know, but it just shows you the power of building communities and how that spreads so quickly and how it impacts so many more people than what you actually see yourself impacting online or engaging with online. So it's really powerful. It's really, really powerful. Yeah. I love that. I love that analogy because I think like you're, you're kind of like the, the big fish in the small pond right now. Like you're Mm -hmm. you're like the, the pond, 
you've capitalized and this is like the early mover advantage that you have mm-hmm. like you saw like the competitor advantage and you took the early mover which is amazing because like you saw the opportunity of what digital does and you saw it from experience and I think that's it yeah and I I think I preach this as well because I think a lot of people think like community is like a byproduct of great marketing which mm. it is it, it is a it is it, it's part of it but like i don't think they think of it as a tactic in like great mm. marketing which to me like i don't think like when you're starting your company like i think like like the brands that are going to start being that you're starting to see big right now built a community first and then run built a product around the community what are you doing right now like you built the community first and now you could create pro- whatever products around your community because you know what they want like that's mm. what the best brands are doing they're thinking of it as a a first part of the marketing strategy not like okay commute our community will grow once we start like doing this great marketing Absolutely. so what are some ways you believe people should do cultivate community and grow community what are like some tactics you've seen work for that i think the first thing you have to do is to be honest about yourself and what you have to offer you know i think a lot of time online you see people doing what they think already works and so they're not actually giving the value that they can give and the thing that makes them st- stand out among other people. So when I started, for example, tweeting about marketing, literally everyone was laughing at me. All my peers were like, nobody cares about this. Why are you doing this? You know, just didn't talk about fashion or like take pictures and have an Instagram account. And I was like, no, but this is what I like, you know, and I'm sure there are people out there who feel the same way or who want to learn about this. So I think for me, the first thing is actually talk about something you're interested in and don't follow trends, rather become the trend or just start your own conversation and allow people to find you and to plug into you genuinely, you know, don't try to force the connections. Don't try to make people like you, let people feel how they want to feel about you, but be true to what you're good at and be true to yourself. Cause I think that, you know, this is a long game and it will be really hard to keep at it and be consistent. If you're not true to what you're doing, if, if you're doing something that you don't really know much about or that you don't care about, then it's going to be hard to maintain so I think the discipline also comes in being true to yourself you know I can tweet every day because I actually want to tweet about the stuff and even when I don't feel like it it's stuff that I know so it's easy for me to just do it even when I don't want to that's the first thing and I think the second thing is you have to create a voice that's really unique to you you know and it, it talks to the first point that I made but I think a lot of the time especially on Twitter for example people tend to either copy paste from Pinterest and just like post that as this is my thought when it's not and people can see through that and other times they try too hard to sound like somebody who's already doing the right thing or who's already making it and I think you know, they undervalue the idea that if I type the way that I speak and think that people will be able to understand this or it will resonate with the community. Like, understand that your voice matters. I think that's what that's what I'm trying to say. And make that work for you. Make it work for you and be patient. You know, this thing takes time. It takes a lot of time for you to cultivate a real audience. The fact that it's taken me three years to build 30K or whatever followers that I have is could be slow to other people. But for me, with that 30K followers, 
I've literally, I think half of my followers are celebrities, which is crazy to me because I didn't know until uh, one of my team members told me. And of my following, those people have put me in boardrooms. They've put me in textbooks. They've put me, you know, on stages. So how valuable is that 30K versus somebody who grew to 100K in five months and isn't getting anything out of it? You know, it's, you have to be patient. You have to, it's a long game. Be patient. Let it unfold for you. Don't force it. It's easy to get a lot of followers. It's not easy to get the right kind of followers. You know, it's not easy to get the right kind of community. And I really believe that a, a true community is a group of people who actually rally around you for what you truly have to offer. And they appreciate it and value it so much that they want to spread it to other people. And you can't buy that. You can't make someone do that. They have to truly believe it inside of themselves. And I don't even think as marketers, we we know what really makes people tick. You know, at the end of the day, we don't know what makes someone truly believe in you. We understand a couple of the steps that get us there. But at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, People decide at the end of the day, they choose. Do I do I resonate with you? Do I click with you? Do I feel your vibe? Do I feel your energy? If I like it, I'm gonna spread the word. If I don't, I won't. You know, and also I think when it comes to building a community, don't be afraid to not be liked. You know, I think one of the worst things you can be online is just okay. You know, you want people to have some kind of reaction to you, whether it's good or bad. That shows that you're doing something impactful. That shows that you're actually stepping outside of your comfort zone and challenging ideas and challenging systems. But if you're just surrounded by people who like you or you're only getting good comments, I think that can be very dangerous for you and it can be very misleading. So don't be afraid to have people who say, well, you know, I don't like you. You know, that's a good thing. And people need to understand that it's part of growth. It's part of even becoming viral. You know, a lot of virality comes from people not liking you. <laughs> and you can decide how, what you want to do with that. But yeah, I can't think of any anything else right now. But I think for me, that that's those are the main things. I think one of the best points that it's that I got out of that was that so many people care about like being liked by so many people, but like you what really matters being liked by the right type of people like mm -hmm. like who cares if everybody likes you if they're not the right type of people that like you like who cares if yeah. like also what it also that does is like it takes away from like your focus away from caring about like the people who are your actual audience like you start like mm -hmm. trying to please the masses which then you start pleasing nobody like um like absolutely like it's it's okay to be say a generic statement that goes viral for your kind of people, but it's not okay to say a generic statement that just nobody doesn't comprehend with anybody. Like it's like okay, mm. like that's what how I get because then it's like okay, you're just saying like what kind of would you say like how people copy other people? It's like yeah, you people people know that you, you you're saying they've said that before. Like, what 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 is your opinion on that statement? Like, how, exactly. How does, yeah, um, I mean, you can't follow a leader who does who isn't confident in their own voice. Mm -hmm. Leaders are people who start the conversation and start a new kind of conversation. This is what I believe. You know, before I started tweeting about what I tweet about, a lot of South Africans didn't think it was cool to talk about 
influencer marketing and do I actually like this campaign, you know? And now people DM me all the time and they're like, hey, I just saw this campaign. This is what I think about it. Or, you know, at work we're doing this and I thought about a tweet that you sent me um, that you posted and it's actually making me rethink the strategy, you know? It's it's really about being bold enough to say the things that people are, are afraid to say. That's what... I think inspires people to be led by you. They that's what allows people to let you lead you, you know, lead them. Sorry. So for me, if you're a leader, you have your own voice, you have your own true voice, and people follow that. Yeah, I love that. And I think what you do very well too is that like you've niched yourself down to like, and people think that this is a problem, but like you are supporting like African like entrepreneurs about Mm -hmm. marketing. Like you're not trying to speak to like the American marketer, even though sometimes your post resonates with the American marketer. Like you're trying to talk to the, the people who you want to speak to. And sometimes what happens is like that uh, there's another outer circle that you start hitting once you start getting that, that virality. Like sometimes like, the, the thoughts that you resonates with your other community resonates with other communities too, but you don't, if you focus on the, the outer circle, not the inner circle, that's where the problem comes. So I think that's what you do very well. It's like you, you, you're, you're championing all your posts are championing those type of people, but other people are seeing like, Oh, this also resonates with stuff that I talk about too. Like, like yeah. so getting, which I think that's amazing too. So my point was like you've you've like <laughs> nailed down a niche like that that works, and like that's a lot of people think thinking about starting. Like it's okay to start small because small can grow mm. to big. Like it's hard to go from big and then try to go back to small and then go to big. Like so, start yeah. small and then grow out of it. A and couple, also, small is relative, isn't it? Yeah. Because small for me might not be small for you. And this is just not just in followers, but like in the money that you make, you know, some people are making a whole lot of money from having a really tiny audience. And some people are, you know, maximizing on economies of scale and making a lot of money from having a lot of followers, you know, but the amount they make per follower is less than the person who has a few followers and is making a lot of money from it. And I think that's what I learned when I started to convert my followers into brands. I realized that I didn't have to chase so many people because the what I was getting per follower was actually a whole lot more than what uh, people who have 10 times more followers than me are getting per follower. You know, so it, it's also a numbers game. Uh, but small is relative. Yeah, that's a great point because you can have 10 customers paying you $3 million or rand, and then, or you can have a thousand paying 10. Like, yeah, like it doesn't really, if you're getting like the right, like back to your statement, the right kind of followers, like it doesn't, like you can survive off of that 100 that are paying you exponentially more than the the three and it's actually much easier to just capture the smaller amount of people than try to yep. to get more and more at scale at the lower the lower price point a couple of last questions is what i like to ask everybody in this podcast is in your your thoughts and you can tell us to like what you've seen in south africa or anything but like what are most marketers doing wrong today I watched a TED talk, I think, a couple of 
months ago and Rory Sutherland was speaking and he said, the problem with marketers is that they only speak to marketers, right? So a lot of us complain that the world doesn't value marketing and nobody understands, but we're speaking to normal people about concepts and things that they don't know or care about, you know? So even though marketers know how to put on this marketing hat when they're working with brands and corporations, they don't do it when they're talking to individuals. And we forget that the core of marketing is actually between people. It's not between companies. Companies are people anyway, you know? So if you can reach a person at their level in the way that they speak, then you've actually hit, you know, you hit the sweet spot. So more marketers, I think, need to learn how to speak about marketing in a way that the average person can understand. Because understanding is what makes people care more about things and invest more in those things and actually feed into those things. And so I think with a lot of us as marketers, you know, we we speak to marketers and we do things for marketers and we forget that there's a whole world out there that actually could be interested in what we do, but we're just not speaking to them. We're excluding them and how we're speaking and conducting ourselves. And for me, that's been my sweet spot, you know, taking marketing and literally breaking it down to the bare minimum and speaking about it as if I'm speaking to a five-year-old, you know, and that's allowed people to A, take interest in it and then B, take it seriously and C, want to spend money on it because now they're starting to understand the value. So for me, especially because I do work with the smaller businesses that has worked, you know, and even when I speak to uh, CEOs and CMOs and that kind of thing, I still speak to them in the same way because they're also just people and they actually don't really understand this marketing thing. So once you, you know, strip it down to its core and you speak about it like anything else that's easy and simple to understand they start to value it and take interest in it. And I think that's where marketers are really lacking in, in talking about marketing in a way that the average person can understand. I love that. I'm going to give you the last minute of the podcast to talk about where people could find yeah. you and drop whatever you want to drop, how they could find your podcast and anything like that. Great. Thank you so much, Daniel. People can find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, practically every single social media profile uh, platform you can think of at label lion underscore SA at L-E-B-O-L-I-O-N underscore SA. And you can find my podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and I think anywhere where podcasts are available. And my podcast is called the label lion podcast. And we talk about everything, marketing and entrepreneurship specifically for small businesses. Thank you. Everybody go follow her right now. She puts out amazing stuff. And thank you so much for being on this podcast and keep inspiring South Africa to adopt marketing. Oh, thank you so much. I had a really great time and thank you for having me on your podcast.